This episode is sponsored by Jackbox Games. Get five hilarious party games in the Jackbox Party Pack from the creators of You Don't Know Jack. Now on Xbox One, PS3, PS4, Steam, and more. Go to jackboxgames.com for more info. All right, folks, thank you for coming in. Uh, congratulations on getting a call back to the uh, Cryptid Community Theater production of uh, Streetcar Named Desire. I'm glad you all could come to the audition. We think you had a, a lot to offer, and we'd like to, to see a little bit more of you. So what I'm going to do is uh, pair some of you up, uh, give you some scenes to read, and uh, we're going to start with um, uh, this group scene. So uh, let's let's have Beast of Jevudan, uh, Mr. Healed Jack, the Totsil Worm, and Mr. Uh, Squonk. If you guys could please, uh, we're just going to do cold readings. Just go on and, and uh, uh, start when you're ready there. Is a <laughs> Did you want me to use any particular accent? Uh, no, nope. Just your normal voice is fine. Thank you. <laughs> okay. And guys, remember this is the poker scene. So, so just have fun with it. Okay. Anything wild? This deal? <laughs> One that jacks are wild. <laughs> Give me two cards. And you, Mitch? I'm out. Anyone want a shot? <laughs> yeah, me. Why don't somebody go to the Chenamans and bring back a load of chop suey? When I'm losing, y'all want to eat. Annie up. Openers? Openers, get your ass off the table, Mitch. Nothing belongs on a poker table but cards, chips, and whiskey. Kind of on your high horse, aren't you? How many? Give me three. I'm out again. I have to go home pretty soon. Shut up. I got a sick mother. She don't go to sleep until I come in tonight. Why don't y'all go on and stay home with her? All right, all right, all right. That's good. That's good. Uh, thank, thank you all. Um, I'm gonna have you switch up the roles a little bit and and take it off uh, in the other room. Practice it some. We'll have you come back in a minute. Uh, let's see. I'll move on to the next scene here. It is Blanche and Stanley. Uh, I'm going to have Miss Yaga read for Blanche and uh, Jeff T. Mongoose. You will be reading Stanley. Can, uh, can you uh, see me properly from there? Uh, I'm a bit shorter as I am a mongoose, is it? You, you seeing me just fine from there, there um, Gov? Yes, yes. If you want to move upstage a little bit, you, you right, pr- right. probably help some. I'll cheat up a bit. I'll cheat up. That's uh, it, uh, the uh, upstage, please, Jeff. Is it, go, stand go stage. The other way. I, mean, I just need... Okay, okay, that's fine, that's fine, whatever. That, we'll see it when you're ready. Hello, Stanley! Here I am, all freshly bathed and scented and feeling like a brand new human being. Oh, that's good. Excuse me while I slip on in my pretty new dress. You go right ahead there, Blanche. <laughs> I understand there's to be little car party to which ladies cordially not invited. What's that, Danae? Where's Stella? Out on the porch, love. I am going to be of asking for favor of you in moment. Oh, I wonder what that could be, eh? Oh, I wonder, right? <laughs> am I right? <laughs> How do I look? Oh, you look all right, bird. <laughs> Many thanks. Now the buttons. I can't do nothing with them. You mean with No, no, your... no. I'm sorry. Literally, I can't reach them. There's nothing I can do about the buttons. Let me see if I can just... Just try to get up there. It's it's no use. I I can't get up there. May I have drag on your sig? Oh, oh, we're still doing it. All right, right. Uh, uh, Have one for for yourself there. Can we go back and do that button part again? I feel like maybe 
maybe I'd like to make a different choice there, uh, uh, like having a stool. You, you know, you know, Jeff, I, it's good. I think we're good okay, where we are right, here. Right, I, um, um, right. You can hand me the, the scene there. Wink oh, okay. and done, right? right what? Oh, okay. You've seen everything you need. Right? I, I Jeff, have, I've seen quite a bit here. So. Jeff delivered the goods. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, love? Okay, thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Miss Yaga. Um, we'll, we'll, uh, I'll find another scene for you to read here in a little bit. Too right. Uh, right. Let's take right. five, people. Uh, let's let's take five. All right. Oh, God. We're just going to end up doing cats again. I know it. Shit. Yes, the disappointment of theater. <laughs> Welcome to our disappointing theater. <laughs> it's sad because I've seen auditions uh, that were worse than it. Yeah. Yeah, I've 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 been the person that made it bad. I've I've auditioned for things and done so badly that it's you know that thing that pops into your head sometimes or before you go to bed that your brain's like, oh, don't forget you did this one time. Oh yeah, I've had auditions that I did so poorly and that it's still I'm like, oh really? god, yeah. Lately or or was it has it been a while? Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. One oh, of them one that. of them was for uh, Second City House Co. Oh, I got real wired up in my head about that one. Wow. I was actually, I was, you know what? Oh, we weren't in the room at the same time, but Annie and I were both, uh, your girlfriend and I uh-huh. were both auditioning at the same day, but we were in like 10 minute offset groups. So mm. otherwise she could have witnessed mm. the meltdown. Yeah. You had to do improv for that, right? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel great about reading scenes and I just completely crash for improv. Well, that's, that's why I don't do it anymore. <laughs> that's like, that's the thing. Like an improv audition is just the worst. It, it's okay, it's it really is. It's like two thirds roll of the dice, one third hope you're sharp that day. <laughs> hey everybody, I'm David Flora. I'm Dave Stecker. Yeah, do you want to hear more about our fucking crybabying? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> thank you, Flora. Welcome to Blurry Photos, and uh, welcome welcome to uh, audition regrets. <laughs> God, yeah, <laughs> our audition regret inside episode. the bad actor studio. <laughs> It's a good thing we've got a better plan than that for tonight. We we do. We've got a plan that's uh, dirty, dark, and, and mysterious. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you. Got a little disappointed. I wish I wish it could rattle some some chili bones uh, inside you a little little more than it might. Well, but I mean, it's it's the regret episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is our regret 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 episode. Regret episode. That's right. This episode, boy oh boy. Yeah. This is kind what of a, a fun one. Yeah, this is kind of cool because I didn't, uh, I mean, I knew in general that this occurred, but I didn't know what happened in the good old United States. And we focused in on one spot uh, for it. It actually happened all over the place, yeah. but we, uh, we're going to be talking tonight about. What was that, Daub? <laughs> tonight. The Shanghai Tunnels of Portland. That's right. Portland, it's where uh, 30-year-olds go to retire, <laughs> at least now. But back in the day, it was where people went to be uh, physically restrained and thrown onto boats never to be seen again. That's right. We're going to tell you what the Shanghai Tunnels were, uh, maybe a couple of, of stories about, uh, mm-hmm. about them. And um, a little bit of historical context, how that fits into the rest of the world, and what a weirdly common uh occurrence this was uh mm-hmm. for for a few hundred years <laughs> yeah and um how real they ended up being yeah are were could is be, am is ours so uh for a little overview here just a little one please everything's kind of tied in together so it's going to be hard to 
yeah to whittle down something broad from the get-go but uh portland uh for those of you who don't know it's a picturesque city on the United States Northwest coast. It's where the dream of the nineties is still alive. <laughs> I mean, God, can we put a Portlandia counter like a reference counter on this episode oh, right off the bat? Never, never seen an episode. Oh, come on, man. Uh, do yourself a favor. You know what I like about it is, uh, not only do I find it really funny, I save Portlandia as like, uh, some shows I can't watch and then go to sleep. And it's weird. It's not scary shows. I could watch walking dead and be fine. But it's like really dramatically intense shows like uh, Breaking Bad. You know, they're so anxiety driven mm-hmm. that like I need something after that to watch to kind of cleanse the palate before I can sleep well. And for me, that's always Portlandia. I It's like delightful and funny and it's great. It's not Lost Girl. Well, that should be a good palate cleanser for you. Lost Girl is a good palate cleanser, but it's an hour long show. Sometimes you don't that's have that point. much time. That's a good point. But uh, Portland not only famous for Portlandia, but uh, for its beautiful landscape, breweries, roses, and drunk Satan robots. <laughs> yeah. But some people... <laughs> it's inebriated satanic robotulars. <laughs> uh, but some people will tell you that beneath the liberal food truck infested... <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that, President Nixon? <laughs> beneath the liberal food truck infested <laughs> suckers... <laughs> Lies an ugly, seedy past festering with tales of human trafficking, prostitution, and murder. (laughs) Murder. Now, this might come to as a surprise, but... (laughs) You're right. That did come as a surprise. (laughs) Well played, Flora. Oh, yes. That was was very well played. (laughs) Um... That the city of Portland um, in the past was a port city. <laughs> um, yeah. And that meant ships coming and going. Yeah. Lots yeah. of trade. That's right. Yeah. Where the sea met the land. <laughs> um, there are stories telling of a complex system of underground tunnels that still exist under the city near the Willamette River. Tunnels which connected the riverfront and the numerous businesses in the old town or Chinatown area of Portland to the downtown area. And these tunnels were filled with the horrors of an underworld of slavery, drugs, whores, and death. Who was? Who was? Huckles. Huckles. <laughs> Huckles and death. Bang tails, dolly mops. <laughs> <laughs> Screeching Catherines. <laughs> okay, the third was just one specific woman known as Screeching Catherine. <laughs> As the stories go, from 1850 to 1941, ships would make port on the Willamette, and seeing as how sailing was a difficult and dangerous profession back then, among other things, uh, would be on the lookout for new crewmen. If there weren't enough able-bodied volunteers, the captains would have to resort to more sinister methods of replenishing crew. Men who were availing themselves of the local bars would carouse into the night, passing out, and when they awoke, they found themselves aboard a ship leaving the coast of Oregon, bound for Shanghai, China. And this was not an ideal spot to be in. They would be told to get to work immediately, and if they resisted, they were beaten until they A. Submitted B. Died C. Jumped ship and died or d starved and died 
I'll even throw in an E. They could have been eaten by the crew. Oh, died. They died after that. If the unfortunate souls submitted, they were forced to work on ships for no pay for years at a time. It's said that the tunnels provided easy and inconspicuous access from where victims were kidnapped and where they would be delivered. Sometimes they weren't delivered right away and instead were crammed into tiny cells or cages where some died of heat stroke or starvation. Their shoes were also said to be removed and glass shards scattered around the floors to prevent escape. Women were supposedly kidnapped too, locked away in the tunnels and kept there, sold to brothels or sold to ships, and made to live the rest of their lives as sex slaves. The tunnels were full of vice, including drugs, prostitution, gambling, and human trafficking, as we've said. With such misery and debauchery... It's no wonder the tunnels are said to be haunted these days with moans and screams being heard and manifestations of the victimized being seen. But how much horrendous activity actually took place under the streets of Portland and how much have facts been inflated or legends created? Now, this was a a practice that had been already going on for hundreds of years uh, in England, for example, Engelland, uh, where they had uh, press gangs in the in the United States at this time, they were called crimps. Um, that was kind of their street name. But in uh, England, they were uh, there was impressment. Mm-hmm. Um, England had, uh, as many people know, a real huge problem with scurvy. And what happened is, is it actually England had more ships? It had obviously everyone knows the the most powerful navy in the world for hundreds of years. But what they didn't have is enough able-bodied men to truly kit this Navy out. They were always uh, hard-pressed to find enough sailors. And especially like during the Napoleonic Wars, things like mm-hmm. this, it became a real problem. As a matter of fact, one of the um, many contributory things to our independence as you, as a, uh, from the, the Revolutionary War is that England had a really hard time filling boats with people to come over here. Hmm. Um, Their, their Navy was weakened by scurvy. Um, A fun little aside, scurvy was fully cured up until I want to say the 1400s, 1500s. They were using uh, a citrus reduction on boats that would hold scurvy at bay. And then it worked and it worked so well that after a while, no one could remember the reasoning behind it. And they just, they were like, oh, it's a, it's a superstition, scurvy, <laughs> what, scurvy who? And so uh, the Dutch East India Company, some of these other international trading companies in England were like, citrus is expensive. Why, are we keep, why do we keep spending money on this? Get rid of it. They got rid of the, the citrus, the, the reduced citrus. And scurvy comes back. Nobody tacks those two together. So for now, for another two, three hundred years, Everyone's suffering from scurvy again because this the cure had to be rediscovered all anew. They had to reinvent that wheel, which is a funny little aside. But getting back to press gangs uh, in England, convicted criminals, um, people who were found passed out, just like I mean, the press gangs in England would do the same thing. They would grab sailors who were passed out. There is one interesting little legend um, about the king's shilling that if you oh, took yeah. the coin. You, ex- you accepted the, the, the contract, and so some of these guys would slip it into your beer. Yep, you into get to your the, tankard. You get to the bottom of your beer, 
Uh, you find the thing like, oh my God, I accepted this. Oh, off to a boat with you. And then as a response, some um, bars started using glass bottomed tankards. That is a legend. Yeah. Didn't actually work out that way. Fun little story. But, yeah. Uh, but and it's something that people are aware of. And even to this day, you can buy souvenir tankards. They have glass bottoms and things like that. Mm-hmm. One of the original dick moves. Yeah. Uh, and so you can, <laughs> uh, the, these press gangs operated uh, heavily to, to try to get as many people on these boats as possible. So now you have a similar, uh, you know, by the, the mid 1800s, they've finally got scurvy back under control, but on the West coast of the United States, what you, the, 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 the big problem they're having is first of all, at no point in history has it been easy to be a sailor, <laughs> right? It was always a really raw f***ing job, but now you've got the California gold rush. You have mm. all of these guys on boats. They're like, oh, so wait, we're going to the place where there's gold just rolling down mountains. Right. Bye. <laughs> and these guys would, they'd make sure leave and just disappear or they'd finish, you know, they, they, whether they were bound to go back where they were planning to go back, or if that was just the end of their service, regardless, they just bounced. Yep. And so they had a really hard time. That's why it's referred to as Shanghai. It didn't, didn't really go the other direction. This was kind of a, a unidirectional uh, transit for these guys. They were mm-hmm. taking them because they couldn't get guys to leave the West coast to go back to China. Yeah. And Shanghai was the major port mm-hmm. of the East. Yep. Even though they were heading West. Um, and it was the only, uh, yeah, yeah, that was just kind of weird because, uh, at the time, and, uh, I don't think I'm wrong about this. I think Shanghai was the only open trade city. I think China, I think China still had everything in lockdown and only Shanghai was open to international trade. Uh, maybe I'm wrong on that. I, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, I didn't, I didn't go that far on that end of it. Um, well, if I'm, I'm wrong, I'm not Kong. going to the penalty box cause I said I could be wrong. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You you have uh, asylum here. <laughs> Shh, Dave, Dave, you're safe. Shh. I mean, the only other one I could think of maybe would be Hong Kong, since the British might be controlling it. Yeah, Did maybe. They, if they had it at the time. Yeah. I don't know. You know who we're going to ask? Ken Height. Okay. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll do it. Yeah, we will. Uh, <laughs> I, like, like you said, and, and because we're going to be referring to it a lot, uh, the process of kidnapping people for for that end to work on the ships uh, was known as crimping and um, the people who do it called crimps. And, uh, and if you didn't go along quietly, you were crimp slapped. Of course I was going to say, or you, yeah, at that point you become a blood D mess. <laughs> uh, cr- crimping is uh, a Dutch word for a fish pin or like a, a little fish tank kind of thing. As opposed to crumping. Which has nothing to do with this whatsoever. Right. Uh, Crimps used trickery, intimidation, and violence to achieve their goals. The press gangs that you mentioned were in operation. uh, I guess the height of them was during the age of sail from the 17th to the 19th centuries. And uh, that practice flourished in many coastal hubs, including London and Bristol in England. And then the the crimping popped up in New York and Boston, San Francisco, and, and Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Francisco was a particularly tough tough city for for sailors. But with the gold rush of the 1850s, the West Coast suffered from a lack of able-bodied seamen, and then crimping became more popular. And since a lot of people were headed up to Alaska to do their gold rushing, they would stop inevitably at uh, at Portland. 
And pretty soon, Portland surpassed San Francisco for um, just how bad the crimping got. Now, the methods involved in getting able bodies uh, varied depending on the situation. Uh, drifters, this this is, you know, anybody from your standard hobo to uh, your, your more delicate... Uh, Starving artist. <laughs> your uh, drifters, your, your high- layabouts, yeah, yeah. roustabouts, your hobos, mountebanks, mountebanks. <laughs> uh, and that gets you, that brings you right back into the bang even, tails and the dolly mops. Even a, a scattering of rep scallions. Drifters could be offered quarter in what were called boarding houses, uh, which were set up by basically cramps themselves. Yep. And uh, what they would do is they would offer free room and board to these people while they got on their feet or found a job or, you know, whatever. But what they would do is run up this tab on these poor people until the drifters couldn't pay unless they went to work on a mm-hmm. ship. And then they were bound, you know, because of their debt to uh, to work. Now, that was that's kind of the easy way out. Yeah. And the, the, the way that the, the crimps got uh, paid in this is that depending on on the specifics of the contract or the company they were providing people for. Cause most of this is all, you know, these are all merchant vessels, right? Um, they're not military. They, they got between one and four months pay the first, either the first months or up to the first four months pay from this guy was given to the crimp. Yeah. And, and when the guys, if the guys got even paid, uh, at the right. end of their tenure, they they would find that it would be minus those months of pay that the crimp had had mm-hmm. taken out, and so it was just a shitty deal all around. Yeah, for yeah, them. no, it was it, yeah, it was a raw deal, no matter how you cut it, and and the 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 system was designed just like you said. You had sort of a little bit of the company store set up at the mm-hmm. front, so they run up a debt, so they're already in the crimp's pocket. So not only does he functionally sell this person to uh, uh, a marine mercantile. Then he's collecting their pay and then deducting the debt from what he was after the the free money. I mean, right. it's and it's a good thing that that we've uh, figured all that out, put it into it, so that uh, nobody has any student loans anymore. Right, and these, <laughs> and and in a lot of cases, I mean, this was also legally protected. Yeah, you know, in England <laughs> England had a lot of laws that protected yeah. impressment. I mean, even the Magna Carta actually addresses this yeah. and says, yeah, no, no, you can, you can take sailors. Those guys are a lot. You can just yoink them, just take them. Yeah. I'll, and I'll get back to that in a little bit. Um, uh, how, how that played out in the old Supreme court uh, right. in the U S but, uh, on to some other methods, uh, of how to get these jackasses on ships. Uh, victims could drink themselves into a Titanic banging days in which crimps, <laughs> you dick, in which crimps could just scoop them up and take them to the captains. That that's one way. Uh, victims God. could be slipped a drug in their drink to knock them out. I would be like their dream. Like I I, I found somebody. He is passed out, muttering to himself about saving ships. Even when he's this drunk, he's trying to save a boat. <laughs> we need to steal him. Victims could also just simply be knocked in the head, falling unconscious, and taken to the tunnels. You could, you could be t- uh, dragged into an alley. Waylaid. Yep. Who scowled? Highway manned. <laughs> uh, the victims would be dropped into the tunnels via trap doors called deadfalls, where crimps would lock them up until <laughs> they could be sold to ships. Are you sure those weren't called bender holes? So trap door, 
the bloody benders. Do you remember? Oh yeah. Do you remember that episode we did? That was just like, like a month ago. Also, did you hear my voice? Just crack Marty McFly uh, style. Doc. Oh man. I went to Futurama first. Uh, sadly enough. I was like, well, they did have hookers and probably blackjack. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they made better tunnels. Nice. <laughs> crimps would make between 30 and a hundred dollars a head on, on these, these guys. Some crimps went so far as to, Greet some captains at the harbor and kindly ask for payment for protection. If the captain refused, the crimp would tip his hat, walk away, and when the ship would be ready to set sail again, the captain would find half his crew missing, and then the crimp would conveniently show up and tell the captain he could have his crew back for twice the original price he offered. Oh, God. Damn dirty f***ing crimps. Uh, the tunnels were supposedly built by Chinese immigrants, but their purpose is unclear. Some people think they were built to easily transport goods to businesses and reduce street traffic. You unload it from the ship, mm-hmm. um, take it down into the tunnels, and go right to the basement of the, the place you need to deliver it to. It keeps mm-hmm. it dry, keeps it um, out of everybody's hair. You know, it's... It's a pretty smart system. Yeah. I'm sure that they weren't utilized and expanded during, I don't know, say the 1920s for any reason. Well, why would they be expanded and, and utilized then? Oh, I know, Flora. It's called the Volstead Act, brother. It's when the government was all like, you know what sucks? <laughs> Fun. <laughs> Prohibition sound. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes you, Carry Nation. Shut up. Man, oh, man. See, that's what we get. No, I'm not going to get into it. (laughs) (laughs) Other people think they might have been built to relieve the flooding situations that might arise here and there. They They were right next to a river, big river, get a lot of rain up in that area. Right, but I would, I don't know, I would seem that that would be the best way to ensure a flooding situation. What are you talking about? Um, a, a lot of empty space beneath water level? <laughs> right. How? How? Yeah, How would that be? It doesn't, it doesn't hold up to me. <laughs> well, I guess better there than on the street level. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's the, the maybe. thought process. Just one theory, bro. Just one. Just a theory. One of many. Just a theory. In any event, there are tunnels under Portland. There are tunnels. Yeah, that there is are a tunnels confirmed Fact. And at its height between 1870 and 1917, as many as 3,000 men and women a year found themselves unwittingly shipped to sea through Portland's Shanghai Tunnels. Oh! The most famous crimps of the day were Joseph Bunko Kelly of Portland, Jim Shanghai Kelly, <laughs> Jim, was, Jim a... I've got the shittiest nickname, <laughs> yeah, I Kelly. I was going to say... <laughs> Uh, don't, uh, you know, I'm an underworld kind of guy. I don't like to talk about my business. I'm Dave, the murdering drug dealer that deals mostly in cocaine, but a little bit of methamphetamines and firearms. Stecco. Perfect. <laughs> you know, that way, if they overhear conversation, they don't know what we're talking about. Also, it strikes fear into the heart <laughs> of my enemies. <laughs> Uh, and Johnny Shanghai Chicken Divine of San Francisco. Yeah, what was the Chicken Divine part? <laughs> I, I think it was Shanghai Chicken as oh. opposed to Chicken Divine. Although okay. it should have been Chicken Divine because that would have made a lot <laughs> more sounds sense. Sounds delicious. Shanghai Chicken. 
Hey, I don't know. How do you get that name? You got me. Well, you either still foul or you run from the law because you're scared of what you do. They call me know. Shanghai Pussy, see? Because <laughs> I'm afraid of confrontation. <laughs> but it works both ways. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Ugh>. Gross. <laughs> call them crimp pimps. Crimp pimps. Jim, Jim Kelly, Johnny, Ch- Johnny Chicken, Johnny Divine, both in San Francisco. Uh, it's thought that crimps Joseph Frenchy Franklin and George, I don't have a nickname, Lewis, were elected to the California State Legislature, which could only help the cause of Shanghaiing and its fight against the law. That's that's a good one theory. Well, I mean, you know... Uh, <laughs> So you're saying some people who partook the of The weight. The weight. You're saying an individual who partook of an illegal activity so as to make money for himself, then use that money to run for office, thereby ascertaining a high status in society and protecting those interests. Man, you can keep the Shanghai's and also the Kennedys. Because <laughs> they were bootleggers. Yeah. getting. See what I did there? Getting in there. Yeah. <laughs> that was lengthy. <laughs> Ice tea needs a nap. <laughs> <laughs> the hauntings of the tunnels are said to manifest in a number of ways. The scent of cologne or perfume. Maybe the scent of alcohol. Yeah. Faint whispers and the sounds of crying. Doors opening and closing. Moans and screams. Strange lights and glimpses of figures dressed in Victorian clothing. Some people... Even claim to feel a hand on their backs or necks Ugh. while down in the tunnels. One of the most famous ghosts that is said to haunt the tunnels is of a woman named Nina. According to the website... Not Old- Nina. Not Nina. Okay. According to the website of Old Town Pizza, the Haints epicenter. According to the menu back of a pizza place. <laughs> True story, bro. The poor girl made a- met an untimely demise in an attempt to escape her life of misery. Quoting from the website, Old Town Pizza sits in what used to be the lobby of the Merchant Hotel in the Old North End, a section of the city with a rather questionable reputation. Despite the upstanding clientele of the Merchant Hotel, even it was known for offering one of the oldest professions in the world. What's that? Wheel making. (laughs) Fire starting? Sorry, sorry, um, prostitution. Whoa. As legend goes, one of the young working women was Nina, sold into this life by a thriving white slavery market. In an effort to clean up the neighborhood, traveling missionaries convinced Nina to share information in exchange for freeing her from a fate she did not choose. Nina cooperated, but soon after, it's believed that her captors found out. She was later found dead in the hotel having been thrown down the elevator shaft. Nina is reported to have never left the building. Could it be Nina who carved her name in the brick of the old elevator shaft, now the backdrop of a cozy booth in the rear of the restaurant? She is said to be seen wearing all black. She'll follow tours around and then disappear. There's a scent of perfume with her. That's one of the ghosts. Okay. Uh, I got to tell you, this is the part where I got real disappointed in the amount of <laughs> ghost stories that there are, and also the amount of EVPs. I thought there were that we were going to find a ton of, of EVPs for this one. Yeah, which makes sense. There are a few out there, but either I didn't want to 
use them because they're someone's property, you know, some ghost uh, uh, hunting association. Some, some, some ghost jangler. I, I don't want to get in that sticky wicket, let's say. Fair enough. The other thing is you can't swing a dead Google without uh, running into the Ghost Adventures TV show with oh. this subject. Because they went there on one of their more recent seasons. They went there and they toured uh, the the tunnels. They captured their own EVPs. They they ran around and acted silly down down in there. Uh-huh. I didn't want to use their their EVPs. Fair enough. I didn't want to bring them on on onto our show. Yeah, we're better than them. What uh, about? So uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We don't have you know good EVPs. This what is a, something. Has has Geist Jaegers? Have they ever gone there? They or? haven't gone there. Oh, that could be a good episode for them. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to get in touch with with them. Call them up, but not right now. They're probably asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, yeah, I'm sorry that that we don't have, but I do have a couple stories here uh, about crimps, pressers, lady dressers. <laughs> I don't know what the third thing would be there, but you know what I'm talking about. Cads, uh, cads, notable people. So I've got a story here about Bunko Kelly who managed to keep the felony out of his name. So way to go, Bunko. Bunko, felony. Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is a, this is a story that uh, is, is, is written as, as retold by S.E. Schlosser. So, Flora, how do we read this one? Oh, you know what? That's something that's been sorely missed. Um, how about you do this one uh, as a, a wise guy? Fair enough. So shall it be. It seems the infamous crimp of Bunko Kelly was commissioned one night by a ship's captain to find him, by hook or by crook, 17 men to sail the ship to Shanghai and back. Kelly went on his usual rounds at a local inns and taverns, see, looking for drunkards to kidnap and send out to sea, see? But he wasn't having any luck. On his way to yet another bar, he passed the local funeral home, see? And as he neared the opening for the cellar steps which led up to the sidewalk, he heard the sound of men's voices groaning in either pain or ecstasy, see? Couldn't tell which. Nah. Okay, at that point, keep walking. You're not gonna be you're not gonna be happy with what you find either way. That's right. God. Yeah, either somebody's getting worked over or somebody's getting worked, worked over. But <laughs> Bunko Kelly was a man of appetites. <laughs> Intrigued. Bunko Kelly went down the steps to investigate. He found 22 men scattered around the cellar, slumped around a huge keg in the middle of the floor. They had obviously been drinking from it, see, and were now suffering from a massive hangover of some sort. A sniff of the keg told Kelly the men, who apparently thought they'd broken into the cellar of the pub next door, had been drinking embalming fluid all evening, see? All of them were dying. In this gruesome situation, Kelly decided he'd found a solution to his little problem. He'd dump all the men into his crimping cot. <laughs> Which was decked out in flames. <laughs> it also had hydraulics. Chrome wheels. <laughs> <laughs> Took it down to the oldest profession in the world. Had those rims installed. <laughs> nice. Well played. Take them down to the dock and throw them into the waiting canoes and give them to the ship's captains as sailors. He'd get paid, which is all that mattered to him, and the captain would have a crew, at least for one evening. (laughs) (laughs) Gangster laugh. (laughs) You see, to think was to act for Bunko Kelly. Quick as a wink, his employees had loaded the men onto the cot and taken them to the canoes. And Kelly was standing on the prow of a canoe, negotiating with the captain to take 22 men instead of the 17 he'd requested. 
All in on sea, Kelly told the sea captain. <laughs> Reluctantly, the captain agreed. He loaded the semi-conscious groaning men into his hold and set sail on the Willamette River to the Columbia and from there out to sea, see? <laughs> this is really working out yeah. well. <laughs> so Bunko Kelly got paid after all. And the sea captain? Well, when he arrived in Astoria, he put in a request for 17 more sailors to take his ship to Shanghai, see? Must have given him quite a shock to go down into the hold of the ship and find 22 bodies where his able-bodied sailors should have been, see? They were disabled bodies at that point. Ha <laughs> ha! Well played! You're the bee's knees! 23 skidoo! Still, he managed to get rid of the bodies somehow without causing a fuss, because no investigation was ever made into the disappearance of the fellows who snuck into the funeral parlor that unlucky night, see? <laughs> Sleeping with the fishes. They were never f- heard from again. <laughs> that was great. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got a I've got a story here about uh, an old press gang. Ooh, from jolly old England, eh? That's right. Uh, Dave, Dave will help me out here oh, with, yeah, yeah, with yeah. some stuff. I'll read the, the story proper. But I'd like to hear this told by an English gentleman. Very well. All right. Robert Hay was a ship's carpenter who had made one voyage aboard a British merchant ship. We join his story as he walks through a London neighborhood. I was, when crossing Tower Hill, accosted by a person in seaman's dress who tapped me on the shoulder, inquiring in a familiar and technical strain, What ship? I assumed an air of gravity and surprise, and told him I presumed he was under some mistake, as I was not connected with shipping. (gasps) The fellow, however, was too well acquainted with his business to be thus easily put off. He gave a whistle... And in a moment, I was in the hands of six or eight ruffians who I immediately dreaded <laughs> and soon found to be a press gang. They dragged me hurriedly along through several streets amid bitter execrations bestowed on them, expressions of sympathy directed towards me, and landed me in one of their houses of rendezvous. I was immediately carried into the presence of the lieutenant of the gang, who questioned me as to my profession. I made some evasive answers to those interrogations, but my hands being examined and found hard with work, and perhaps a little discovered with tar, I was remanded for further examination. Some of the gang then offered me spirits and attempted to comfort me. Slate, my little gentle prince. The very scoundrel who first laid hold of me put on a sympathizing look and observed what a pity it was to be pressed. Such sympathy from such a source was well calculated to exasperate my feelings, but to think of revenge was folly. In a short time, I was reconducted for further examination before the lieutenant, who told me as I was in his hands and would assuredly be kept, I might as well make a frank confession of my circumstances. It would save time and ensure me better treatment. I therefore acknowledged that I had been a voyage to the West Indies and had come home carpenter of a ship. (laughs) His eyes seemed to brighten at this intelligence. Oh, I'm glad of that, my lad, said he. We are very much in want of carpenters. Step along with these men and they'll give you a passage on board. 
I was then led back the way I came by the fellow who first seized me, put aboard of a pinnace at the Tower Wharf, and by midday was securely lodged on board the Enterprise. As soon as the boat reached the ship, I was sent down into the great cabin, in various parts of which tables were placed covered with green cloth, loaded with papers and surrounded with men well-dressed and powdered. Such silence prevailed, and such solemn gravity was displayed in every countenance, that I was struck with awe and dread. No sooner did I enter the cabin door than every eye was darted on me. A short sketch of what had passed between the press officer and myself had been communicated to the examining officer, for when I was ushered into his presence, he thus addressed me. Well, young man, I understand you're a carpenter by trade. Yes, sir. And you have been at sea? One voyage, sir. Aren't you willing to join the King's service? No, sir. But why? Because I get much better wages in the merchant service, and should I be unable to agree with the captain, I am at liberty to leave him at the end of the voyage. As to wages, said he, the chance of prize money is quite an equivalent in obedience and respect shown to your officers, or all that is necessary to ensure your good treatment. Take my advice, my lad, continued he, and enter the service cheerfully. You will then have a bounty and be in a fair way for promotion. If you continue to refuse, remember you are aboard. You'll be kept as a pressed man and treated accordingly. I falteringly replied I could not think of engaging in any service voluntarily when I knew of a better situation elsewhere. He said no more, but making a motion with his hand, I was seized by two marines, hurried along towards the main hatchway with these words thundering in my ears. Oppressed man to go below. What injustice and mockery, thought I. But my doom was fixed, and I was thrust down among five or six score of miserable beings who, like myself, had been kidnapped and immured in the confined and unwholesome dungeon of a press room. <laughs> That's a dreadful story of evil portent. Too right, Gov. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like... You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Right. <sighs> what a, That poor fop. <laughs> that poor dandy. <laughs> Yeah, so that's how it went. Yeah. Um, so you, you think you think those people with clipboards that want to ask you about uh, environmental measures are a pain in your ass on wow. the street? You know. <laughs> Excuse me. Do you have a minute for the environment? <laughs> do you have Do you have a minute to be clubbed over the head and loaded onto a ship, never to see your homeland again? <laughs> that's when people would. They didn't have cell phones back then yeah. to like try and ignore them. They just people, pulled out a quill and yeah, a, a parchment. A, yeah, exactly. A big sheet of. I'm, I'm right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm texting right now. All right, let's let's go through a few. Uh, I don't know wrap ups, conclusions. Yeah. What it, what ifs? Uh, many people are skeptical of the Shanghai Tunnel's history. They say there's no evidence that they ever existed, or at least no seedy activity. The stories of Shanghaiing were just that and grew into legends. The tunnels, as we said, do exist. Many have been filled in because of structure or security. Because, you know, businesses don't want back, yeah, emergency underground back doors to, yeah. yeah. It's hard to say if there is true evidence of a den of vice. 
going on around there. Uh, some folks say they found boots or pile of shoes, which leads some credence to the, the glass floor uh, stories where people, you know, couldn't escape. Or right. Others say there are small cells with iron bars that are uh, down in the tunnels. And there are doors to access the tunnels, just not necessarily trap doors or deadfalls. Mm-hmm. It's argued that if bad things happened, there would be some evidence. I, I guess in the form of writings or newspaper articles or what other what other kinds of evidence could there be for right for something it, that you want to keep underground? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. And, and, and given the you know, this is like. This is like any other criminal enterprise. There's money going around. There's there's bribes to allow it to continue to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And and especially this, this is uh, this is it's 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 kidnapping. You know, like there there's there is no evidence. You know, the the bodies, the people are shipped away, never to be seen again. So right. that's a that's a hard thing to 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 prove. Yeah, yeah. There was evidence of crimping, and it got so bad that the French embassy actually filed a formal complaint in 1901 saying French sailors were regularly being crimped in Portland. The practice was fought even into Congress when Andrew Furoseth, president of the International Siemens Union of America, (laughs) testified in 1911, quote, I will state that there is one port in the Pacific coast that has always been known as the greatest crimping den in America. I refer to the port of Portland. Uh, Portland was supposedly so bad that crimping was openly practiced because the laws were lax and the lawmen were corrupt. Some of them were even crimps themselves, apparently. In 1897, the Supreme Court actually ruled that the 13th Amendment didn't apply to sailors when it declared involuntary servitude unconstitutional, ruling, in essence, that merchant sailors were not fit to be entrusted with the full rights of citizens. It goes back to what you were saying earlier of, uh, yo, fuck you, sailor. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Oh, all men are created equal except sailors. (laughs) Always visiting port to port, (laughs) spreading disease. Randy, (laughs) randy gentlemen. Not until 1915 was the Siemens Act passed, designed to help help the safety and security of U.S. seamen. (laughs) But by then, crimping was in severe decline, and with the proliferation of steamships, it uh, had all but uh, ceased, really. You don't need as many... Yeah, folks to run a steamship. No, I mean it's it's the thing with the the sailing ships is it's all the rigging, right? And um, and also all the work that it takes to keep all the ropes and sails and everything mm-hmm. like in operational condition in Bristol fashion. Mm. Some folks argue the tunnels were built for steam heat to run under the city, and that Chinese immigrants, often the target of racism and violence, and indeed. They were even expelled from the city of Tacoma in 1885 for being Chinese. That they chose to hide in the tunnels, which could have served as an origin to the name. In truth, there was no evidence as to when the tunnels were built and what they were used for. With such a prevalent crimping industry at the time, it's certainly possible these tunnels were used for nefarious purposes. But, you know, nobody was writing shit down right. back then, and they weren't keeping record books of the hookahs and, and ABs that they stole. It kind of seems like the use of the tunnels themselves is sort of immaterial. 
Right. I mean, like crimping was happening. Yeah. No one's. No one is wondering if that happened, or if they do, they're foolish. Yeah. Um, and the tunnels exist. Right. So you know, I'm. I mean, were they used? I mean, it seems like it doesn't. It almost doesn't matter if the tunnels were used or not. Yeah. Well, they serve as a good backdrop for true a lot of the stories now. Um, for the yeah the the ghost tour industry, and that's the thing you cannot look up any info about this subject without running into fifteen sites for fucking ghost tours. Yeah. And I mean, good on them. I mean. It's it's a fun. It would be a fun time. Yeah, if like, I went to Portland, I would go on one of those. Yeah, tours. you go down there. You, they they have some history in I mean, there. They have. I some get spooks. kicked off because now they're like, wait, blurry photos. The guy who said "fucking ghost tours." I mean, I might be like, yeah, that was that was the other David. <laughs> That's not this David, mm. right? Yeah, I know. I w- I would go on the the tour as well. Just it's it's a fun time. Some people get really butt hurt about them because they find out. Well, these stories may or may not be true. Yeah. And it's like they, they felt like something has been taken from them. I don't know the the fragile little flowers they are, but like they sound like a good time. The guy who kind of is the curator for, for one of the bigger uh, tours there sounds like he they lead a, a, a pretty fun tour in, into the stuff. And I have no problem with yeah. with that going on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'd yeah, do it. Go, do I'd a absolutely go. Who cares? Like, it's fun. Yeah. I, I don't know. Also, I, I can't think of what uh, type of evidence would solidify that these these things uh, happened, that people were down there, that there were ghosts that are haunting them now because of all the crazy bad yeah. stuff that happened. Like, what kind of evidence would you would you want yeah. for that? Yeah. I, I don't know how, how you bolster that. Maybe a, a moving picture? I mean, here's the thing. I'll bet you, I mean, I, I didn't see a single picture. Uh, I just never thought to look for pictures in, when we were doing research, but I'll bet you those tunnels are creepy as hell. They're creepy on their own for so, sure. So, I mean, I'm glad. I mean, even if there wasn't this history of, 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 of indentured servitude, there should be ghost, at least ghost story tours down there. That's a good place to tell a ghost story. Yeah, great, Scare great somebody. backdrop, but... Anyways, that's uh, that'll do it for uh, for all the info on the old Shanghai tunnels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a underground liquor, gla- liquor glass applied floor. Yeah, knocked out nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Yes, me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, what what punning you bound for? Oh, you've get, you've made some mistake. I I have no experience with puns. <laughs> Welcome aboard the good ship, Pons! <laughs> now get to work, you dog. <laughs> He's got pun tar on his hands. Get him! <laughs> the stench of pun is ripe in this one. Flora, Flora, you go first. I think I went first last time. I'll go first then. Um, I've got a few. I've got a few for us. Oh boy. I'll start out with this. Sometimes crimps would get bored carrying the bodies around the tunnels. You know, mm-hmm. they'd uh, they'd start to engage in a game where they would toss the bodies back and forth and bounce them off the walls and and each other. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Eventually, they started using paddles from small boats that you mm-hmm. know went up the river there to keep these bodies bouncing. They just use these these, yeah, these paddles, keep them moving. And this activity came to be known as crimping pong. Crimping pong. Nice. 
That's not nice. That's <laughs> awful. Just awful. <laughs> well, you know, um, for a few hundred years in England, sometimes a weary sailor or even just a gentleman caught in the wrong part of town would find himself surrounded by a gang. They would sometimes get him drunk, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes just knock him unconscious. And when he woke up, he was wearing just the loveliest frocks with just delicate petticoats. Oh. Yeah, they they were known as dress gangs. <laughs> what, what a thing we should just bring back. <laughs> to knock folks out. And they wake up fabulous. Up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, I got this this little known fact. Uh, a lot of places don't like to put this, but I found this in back in the one of the corners of the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, crimps were known to make a lot of money in their trade, uh-huh. as we said. Uh, which led to inflated egos and this sense of entitlement among mm-hmm. them. A lot of people don't know this, but they were known for being very Shanghai maintenance. <laughs> nice. All right, I got one for you. Oh, okay. You know, um, often it was difficult to tell who had been pressed into service or crimped mm-hmm. into service aboard a vessel because it you know, mattered how you were treated. And so they they used to actually mess with people's hair was the easiest thing to do hmm. um, rather than tattoo them or anything like that. And they would, they would use um, a hot piece of metal to do this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it actually kind of fell out of use and it didn't, it, not until the, uh, the late eighties were crimping irons <laughs> brought back again. <laughs> yeah. Wavy hair. Oh. Yeah. This one belongs I, to me. I got to be honest. I saved that. I was like, this is going to be a last position pun because I feel like it's easily theftable, but I'm just going to mm. leave it. I really thought that you were going to jump on that no, one. No, I, I went a different direction. I got a bonus one for you. Okay. I love bonus. Part of the reason crimping died out was because the top crimps fought amongst themselves to be the top crimp. Mm-hmm. Strong crimp hand. Yeah. That's what, they needed. That's, that's what they needed, but they did it with finely crafted swords. Oh. And what they did was they, they would cut each other's heads off because they believed there could be only one crimp. And the best of them was known as the Shanghai Lander. Oh, shit. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> <laughs> There's puns. Puns, puns. Oh, and now it's time for us to... To buy you guys a drink. Hey. Hey. It's so good to see you Man. again. Hey, have a seat. So what have you been up to? Have Does you, your family uh, know you're here? Yeah. Do you have any family? Oh, Do my you, God. Did you see that poster over there? Yeah. Look, Poof. Just drop him. Just, drop, low, drop him just lower them into the ship's hold where they will find plenty of listener mail. <laughs> Let's kick this off. Kick it right in the goat. I'm going to kick it so hard. How about Caroline or Carolyn, however you like it? Oh, you got to tell us, though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Caroline, she does say that she's the listener formerly known as Caroline. Oh, well. That doesn't help. Caroline writes, hey, I had this really weird dream a few weeks ago. It was at my friend's house. For the sake of anonymity, I will call her Zana. I think it's pronounced Zana. (laughs) I think you're right. (laughs) Uh, for for Memorial Day, and we drank a fifth of bourbon. Yeah. You guys know what it's about. You guys know how to do it right, and I have so much respect for that. (laughs) After drinking everything, Zana... (laughs) Zana. Zana. Kept insisting that I email you guys because she was convinced you were ignoring her emails about your future live show. Not true. Not true at all. 
She pulled up your contact page and I wrote something down while I was waiting on pizza, but I don't remember much of what I said. I recall it being weirdly insistent about some pronunciation and that's about it. Don't you hate that about dreams? Yeah. When they come true. You yeah. guys are the fucking coolest people <laughs> ever. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. We're not ignoring. We're, we're trying to clamp it down on our end so that oh, man. we can yeah, figure that, things out. There's no one who wants to know about this more than we do. And honestly... I know we've said this before, but if you run a theater in Chicago, fuck you. Seriously. Seriously, fuck you. I don't ever... Okay, maybe that's counterproductive, but there's a lot of frustration there. Take two minutes and reply to an email. Right. Let us pay you to have a show at your theater that you need money for to keep running. Anyway. Crying out loud. <laughs> Caroline continues. Anyway, at least it was a dream because if it was real life, I should have suggested that you do an episode on movie urban legends, like the story of the munchkin that hanged himself during the Mm. Wizard of Oz or how the exorcist set was supposedly cursed. Also, I should have lied and told you that had a really cool name like Velociraptor or (laughs) Big Papa or Princess Aurora or something to do with turtles. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any cool name ideas? I guess dreaming me really dropped the ball. Hope you have a good weekend. I dropped out the word Independence Day because that's how old this email is. (laughs) Sorry, I'm a douche. Okay. All right. Let's do this, Flora. Should we combine what she gave Uh, us? Well, I'm I'm looking at it right now. Princess Velocirapa? What about Princess Velocipapa? Princess Velocipapa? Yeah. Or Princess Big Velocipapa. Big Princess Velocipapa? She loves it when we call her Big Big Velocipapa. Big, 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 I like Big Princess Velocipapa. Yep. So there it is. And so let it be known to all and sundry. Caroline or Carolyn, probably Caroline, is to be known henceforth as Big Princess Velocipapa. <laughs> Spell it how you like. Uh, there is an appeals wow. process if you don't care for that. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Moving on floor. What do you got? Thank you, Caroline. <laughs> I just love that. Yeah, we just, you know. Downed a bottle of bourbon, <laughs> ordered a pizza, and then, and then in the meanwhile, wrote some listener mail. That's Just right. Can he write? Now that's a party. Cue that funk. Dave, we heard from Argyle Funk. Oh. Argyle says, "Hey, David, Dave. Oh, hi. First, heard about your podcast through Blastro Podcast. Oh, through General Ironicus, actually. Nice head fake. Uh, a few months ago." Have been hooked. Ha ha ha. Thank you. As of writing, he's at episode 104, and uh, it's probably one of his favorites. Nothing like a good grisly real German murder mystery to lull you to sleep at 3 a.m. Yeah. Very true. Argyle Funk wanted to uh, to drop us a line and, and say hi, and we appreciate that. And he's got a, a pun for us, but I believe... Oh, yeah. I believe we might have enough gas in the in the tank to of our, uh, take of our a, Yeah, of our, our mobile assault vehicle yeah. to, to make a run for it. Yeah, make a run for it and, and, and try to, our to luck the at, the old, uh, <laughs> at the old bunny road later. We've, we've, we'll pa- we'll we've packed all your... Your pristine virginal puns in the back of this weird <laughs> tanker truck, and we're gonna see if we can get them out of town. Uh, this grows with every yeah, every it's time weirder. We it's um, so thank you for writing, Argyle, and um, and we'll hear back from you. Keep them socks up, son. Who's next? Uh, how about a rich slew of puns from Doctor Will JD? Uh, load them into the back of the truck. Beep. Start uh, Beep. start fueling it up. And uh, we'll be we'll be almost ready. 
Oh, it's, he's he's going to ride with us. Oh, he absolutely is. Shiny and chrome. He, yep. Witness him. Uh, also, uh, Stormy Babe, get in the truck. Get in the truck. <laughs> uh, Stormy Babe, not in addition to getting in the truck, <laughs> writes, uh, new listener, still catching up. I thought you'd find this interesting. Hit us. <laughs> I like where this is going. Hit us. The Dyatlov Pass incident uh, has been made into a horror game released on the 9th of June this year. Yeah. It's called Colot and can be found on Steam. Uh, I the- saw this. I didn't know about this. Why did you not tell me? Why do I have to learn about this from Stormy Babe? I, I mean, get don't get me wrong. She's a babe, so I'm not mad. But seriously, Flora. I it was during the Steam Summer Sale that I saw it. How did you has, not buy has it? Has voice uh, acting by Sean Bean. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah, and, and I think based on the, the story, kind of loosely based, but... Um, well, the, the official description is a most terrifying journey of your life set in the beautiful winter scenery of the Ural Mountains. Uncover horrific mystery behind the Diat Love Pass incident. Narrated by famous Sean Bean. He survives. He survives. That's one. (laughs) Yeah, it was, I think, even with the Steam sale, since it was so new, it was still above my price range Mm -hmm. for... It was above 68 cents. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. for, for the sale, so... I didn't. I didn't get it, but uh, I did see. I know, I know what. Well, maybe I'll pick about. it up. I'm gonna look it up. Thank Check. you very much, yeah. Stormy Babe. And, and, and uh, some some uh, somebody else wrote us about that too. We'll probably be getting to that soon. But uh, yeah, we we heard somebody else said, "Hey, check this out." They made a game. Yeah, uh, which is cool. But that's badass. Thanks, Stormy Babe. And uh, don't forget to get a bottle of water and some sunscreen before you get in that truck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Dave, we've heard from Kara. Oh, Kara. Hi, Kara. Uh, please tell us if it's uh, pronounced Kara. Kara says, I'm one of the hordes, hopefully, of new listeners you got from the podcast awards that you won in our hearts. I'm glad that worked for something. The uh, the old podcast uh, awards that the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe took from us. Oh, it's a good podcast. I it mean, is. We can't, we can't, can't get mad anything. at them. And I've got to read this in a fine, sultry Australian accent. Great. Oh, gosh. All right, so here we go. Wait, let me help you. <laughs> Time to vote. Podcast awards. So many categories. Hmm, what's this one? A podcast can't actually be all about blurry photos. And look at the site. Ew, grey. But the website has Lego portraits. I'll try it. <laughs> Yo, why'd you drop out? <laughs> yeah. well, I didn't Why do you support me? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to mess with your pronunciation. Silently <laughs> <laughs> judging me. Bullstone. What? These guys are just drunks. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> I can't thank you enough. She's going to be getting in the truck. Sweet. And she says, your George sucks a lot sound is so annoying. Every time it plays, it reminds me of a unicorn with rainbows coming out of its ass. <laughs> Us too. But on your recent alien episodes, I was surprised by one of the Bible stories, the one about the white, brown, et cetera, horses pulling fiery stuff oh, right. uh, that Mr. Floride read in the first episode. I think that's me. It is you. Because uh, you're, you're also Mr. Mind Control. And she says... Why surprised? Because she thinks it deserves a penalty box. How so? Well, she she says, state your case, darling. She still hasn't listened to the episode that sets out the rules of the esteemed penalty box, but her reason would be for ge- for poor general knowledge. 
that we discussed the four horsemen horses colors and still said, what the f*** is a bay horse? Is it sick or something? Oh, oh, okay. No, I know what happened here. I know what happened here. Okay. Uh, first of all, um, poor general knowledge. We couldn't, we can't go to the penalty box. We'd never get out. <laughs> We're stupid people. It's true. That would, that would kill us forever. No, uh, we, uh, the sick or something part, that's a uh, tombstone joke. Because the um, there's the scene in tomb in the movie Tombstone, right, where uh, the the priest is in Spanish, the very first scene, yeah, yelling at uh, yelling at the outlaws, and they're like, "What's he screaming about?" I don't know. He says a, a, a sick horse, and then that's when Johnny I know, Ringo. He's, gonna, he's loco, yeah. He says. And the Johnny Ringo goes, "That's what he said, you ignorant son of a bitch." He's quoting Revelations, and then he, you know, the yeah. whole thing. Uh, the, Pale horse. A pale horse, yeah. So that's what we were referencing, and we, we were probably just mashing we also, it all together. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a thing. We mashed it together. We didn't know what a, the bay horse was because yeah. of, we weren't sure what the term bay means, but she clears it up, says bay is a body color that ranges from a light reddish brown to a very dark brown with black points. Huh. It's sometimes also called black bay, mahogany bay, or brown Blood Bay is bright red hair, often considered simply bay. What about Cheddar Bay? Like Cheddar Bay biscuits. Mm. Mm, the mm. most delicious horse there is. What about Old Bay? That's also a really tasty horse. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she loves the show. Thank you for writing, Kara. Woo! We'll be hearing from you on the punny road soon. Thanks, Kara. Or Kara. Got another one here from, uh, how about the Minimal Mastermind? Who? The Minimal Mastermind. Oh. Is it tiny Genius? The Tiny Technocrat? Major Minor? <laughs> minimal mastermind writes hello fellows hi hello hello i've been loving your efforts since stumbling upon blurry, blurry photos last year like actually stumbling upon actually. maybe uh there aren't many shows out there that really get me guffawing <laughs> and if you haven't yet seen the original wicker man with christopher lee r.i.p may i suggest the director's cut which have some very sexy snail action in it with how did you know that's what i'm into son <laughs> my jam uh please don't stop the yeah totally into it please don't stop the bp warm down under feelings from me down under now dan under here's the thing it is more polite to assume warm feelings from australia (laughs) however there is a very very you know like no judge would (laughs) kick you out of court for interpretating for interpreting for interpreting these feelings as being warm mm. from down under. Mm. Just either saying. Way. Either way. Either way. Laugh so hard you peed your pants. <laughs> Thanks, Minimal Mastermind. Thanks, Minnie. What hawk? Who goes there? Hey. Lo, Stucco and Flora. Elmet. It is I, Eric of the North. Eric of the North? He has returned. I. Why is it that no matter how I force or insinuate money unto my various devices, I still cannot purchase fine blurry photos swag? Seriously, can we do a deal on the down low or something? (laughs) Yes, we can. I would love to do a deal on the up high, but I'll accept a down low, even a middle middle. Also, if either of you ever care to make it north of the Dakota of the North... (laughs) You shall always have crash space at my place. Sweet. I'm not trying to compete with Greg Bach, but my wife is a good cook too. <laughs> oh man, what if Blurry Photos went on 
tour of listeners' wives cooking. (laughs) (laughs) That's the new Miss Cryptic contest. That's right. We're in Raleigh, North Carolina with Ron and Rhonda Rickerson. (laughs) Shall we sweeten the deal? My province has the most UFO sightings per capita of any other province and... We have a lake monster, Manny Pogo. Does that mean this is Manitoba we're talking? We talking Toba? <laughs> it's the north. That's where I'm from. <laughs> That's all you need know, mortal. Sadly, the worst part is that, so far as I know, we're pretty poor in terms of celebrating our weirdness. Still, there's multiple accounts of ghost light children and other figures on the road at the highway wherein mine family had a righteous cabin. So that's neat. <laughs> so, so I, so verily that verily. I do, I hath going for me. Very <laughs> well, Eric of the North. Best worst hand trumpet. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. We thank thee, Eric. Well, thanked. Uh, I've got a, I got a, a quick one here from our friend Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Uh, we were wondering about this at one point, mm. uh, what a zero-hour contract is. Yeah. And I think that's a UK thing. Yeah. Uh, although I'm sure maybe something of a similar name exists everywhere. Uh, let us know. And uh, I don't think we've seen Mark write in before. So thank you very much for writing hi, in, Mark. Mark. Let us know that a zero-hours work, uh, zero hours contract is a contract where the employee has no guaranteed hours, meaning you can work one day and they're like, all right, go home. Come back in two weeks, maybe. Sounds like a temp job. Yeah, kind like of temp, temp job, super temp hourly, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, part-time hourly. It's happened to me. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. And one more here from the general himself. General on the deck. Get your pants pulled up, you bunch of taint, taint sniffers. <laughs> I don't know. Taint sniffing ninnies. That's right. Uh, he's got a penalty accusation clarification. We asked for this. Oh, well, the alleged is it's an accusation clarification. That's right. The alleged infraction. Is it a notification of that? No, no. It's just an email. <laughs> <laughs> the alleged infraction is that the in the robot uprising episode, uh-huh. he stated that the plot of the uh, the film I Robot was about someone hacking the robots to violate the laws, which is not really what happened. It's a small misdemeanor. And mostly, uh, he wanted an excuse to write in about the zeroth law. <laughs> that was his clarification. Fair so, enough. I'll take it. We'll take it. And also, Ironicus, get in the truck. Yeah. You're riding shotgun. And I think it's time. Yeah. Do it, Flora. To ride shiny and chrome. <laughs> Into Valhalla forever. Into Valhalla. And take on the putty roll. <laughs> what a pun. <laughs> All right, right off the bat, as as promised, Dr. Will J.D., the military didn't just fund research into remotely viewing distant objects. They also funded a group of people who tried to develop relationships with distant objects and ultimately consummate those relationships. The title of this group, Project Starmate. <laughs> <laughs> Unknown to most people, Bruce Campbell starred in a sequel to the cult classic Bubba Hotep that you should definitely check out. Bubba Hotep's a great movie, by the way. It's a pretty silly movie. You won't want to miss seeing Elvis Presley facing off a pair uh, a pair of powerful cryptids in Xana Hodag. <laughs> nice. Uh, how about this useless superpower? The ability to tell the exact temperature and Fahrenheit of anything you touch with your skin, but only if that thing is above 150 degrees. Wow. <laughs> That is a- ah, 
I, I can tell you now. Yeah. What a terrible superpower. Oh, and we've got more of this to talk about, but since we're here right now, uh, Dr. Will J.D. is happy to report that the Tumblr, the Tumblurry Photos, which is blurryphotospod.tumblr.com, is up and running. Uh, and so so thank you very much for that. And we have some other Tumblrs that have sprung up from the cracks of, right. of glory. So thank you, Will. Thank you, Doctor. Dr. Will Esquire, J.D. the third. From Ironicus. Remote viewing techniques have also been used to perform background checks. One of my friends was worried about her sister's husband-to-be and hired someone to psychically look into the dark side of the groom. <laughs> nice. How about from Stormy Babe? There's an item that has a malevolent spirit bound to it. Unfortunately, this spirit, while evil, is a bit of a fool and will leave the person it possesses smelling of urine. It's the Idibic box. Idibic. Idibic. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Stormy. Back to Kara. She says we missed a type of apocalypse in the, that episode. It's what happens when Richard Dreyfus is sent back in time to save the Titanic and is foiled by Dave, uh, ending the world. It's the Richard Drypocalypse. <laughs> I like that one. Damn it! <laughs> Dreyfus sound. Damn it! Damn it! Didn't have one for a while. And finally, riding into the halls of Valhalla. Back to Argyle Funk. Have you heard about Mr. Diggy Toot's new comeback album? <laughs> it's a collaboration with a fresh new face to the scene, DJ Jazzy Jeff, the rapping mongoose. Too right. The album has sort of an, an apocalyptic theme to it, so they're going to call it Fresh Catology. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Argyle. Thank you, everyone riding the punny road. I write... I pun! I write again! On that note, uh, as we mentioned, thank you, Dr. Will, for yep. setting up a Tumblr. We've had a number of, of Tumblr setups since we have uh, yes. requested it, basically. Fist pump. Fist pump. <laughs> big, pump. big props to you guys, and uh, big thanks to Angelina, too. She's been uh, burning the old midnight oil on Twitter with the Tumblr post. It's uh, it's all, like, social media inception. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll keep uh, if if you guys tweet them, uh, I'll retweet them. I'll I'll try and uh, link yeah. to the stuff and do everything we can because again we have no idea what what those things do. Or yeah. how, I just w- did I'm a just quick so glad search. You did. That's 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 so that's so wonderfully it's kind. So very thank cool. you. Very cool. I did a quick search for Blurry Photos podcast on Tumblr, and there's stuff that's popping up on there, linking to our episodes and giving us shout outs. I, I didn't know this world existed. It's there. So thank you everyone who's done oh, that. With, thank you so much. We're too dumb to know it. <laughs> it's the same thing with iTunes. I didn't yeah. know there was a different country uh, setting that you could go on and it doesn't group all of the reviews together. It separates them by country. Huh. So thank you everybody for. Yeah. You know, thank you. But thank you everyone who goes on there uh, to iTunes and rates us five stars. Yes, and I writes know a great review. I, uh, I posted uh, about the, uh, that we were at 99 and weirdly enough, I, I think a few people have written that they've, that they've posted reviews. It turns out, I thought we'd be able to determine who the hundredth was, but I think that they're all going to like go in at once. <laughs> Because I noticed I that, yeah. that the numbers haven't moved, so I think that maybe they update that once a week or something. I don't know how it works. I, I have no idea. Yeah. But thank you. Thank you so much. I'm just going to say that as of this recording, we have exceeded one solid Hildo of five-star reviews. Thank you. We are halfway already to 700 Hildos on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. 700 Hildos. 700 hundreds. 
Seven Hildos. <laughs> 700 Hildos. So many. So thank but, you guys. You guys are magnificent. Yeah, you really uh, are. Keep doing it. Keep uh, Like us on Facebook. Give us the five-star reviews that we so desperately crave. Punch with your powerful fist and your even mightier wallet, the donate button. Mm-hmm. Uh, and don't forget, you know, we got, we got shirt store. Turns out setting up an online store for two guys who don't know what they're doing is a lot of work. And we're, we are diligently working at it. So sorry about the delay there. Uh, we're going to get it working. We're going to, we're going to have shirts. We're going to have many shirts. Uh, it's going to be great. Um, and we've got, uh, all those things that we are perennially working on. (laughs) This is, oh, I hate it. This is the part where it turns from celebration to apology. (laughs) That's right. And don't forget, you can go to obletrial.com slash blurry photos. Get your pre-book. We also have a link on the, on our homepage. If, Mm -hmm. if you just want to click through there. Uh, but yeah, you can get your get yourself a book and and support us and and also big shout out to the uh, Chicago Podcast Co op of course yes, for as always uh, our our sponsorships and our awesome network and and if you like what we do you might like uh, one of the many other podcasts such as Tight Pencils Toy Toy Pencils Toy Pencils Tight Pencils is a show that explores the process of making art. Just like what we're doing, Dave. I love it because it is art. Fart-filled burp art is what we do. (laughs) Matt and Kevin sit down with a maker, cartoonist, painter, or designer to find out about their work and what inspires them to create tight pencils in the Chicago Podcast Co-op. Check them out. I like it. But that'll that'll do it for this uh, tight pencil of a podcast. (laughs) Blurry photos into the episode. Yeah, that's how it is. That's how we're ending it. For this episode of Blurry Photos, I have been David... Shanghai nickname Flora. Wow. Okay. Uh, are you sure it's not David Double Bunt Flora? <laughs> wow. Uh, Thanks, tough guy. <laughs> then, then, um, as as said, I am David, the cocaine selling, drug smuggling, internet fraudster, identity identity thefter, felon Stecco. That's just my street nickname, so the cops don't know what I'm up to. Excuse me, sir. Yes. You look like you're a, a strongman. Well, you know, I, I do uh, I do work out a lot. Have you I mean, ever been on a ship before? Well, I've got to tell you, I love being Would on ships. Would you like ships. to be? Well, no, I've got a birthday party I'm on my way to oh, at you the do? moment. Yeah, yeah. It's You know what? Yeah. Do you have the time? Oh, let's see. It's right here. Oh, bye. <laughs> and then 30 minutes of, like, dragging sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, let's see. I'm going to read uh, uh, two ladies in a scene here. It's going to be a scene between Stella and Blanche. For Stella, uh, I would like uh, Miss uh, Betty Ebersol. Will you please uh, read for Stella? And uh, Tabitha Hutchison, will you read for Blanche, please? Oh, I'd be delighted. Thank you. Tab, I'm so excited. This was such a good idea. We're going to get out of our homes and be famous. I'm just so scared I'm going to forget how to read. Oh, my God. I'm sweating so much right now. All right, ladies, when you're ready. I'm sweating. Sorry, no. Don't don't say that. It's a sign of of weakness. Okay, sorry. Let's just read this. You know, if you don't think about it, don't think. 
Okay, I won't, I promise. Just don't let me forget how to read. I was just saying, Tab, that okay, I don't ladies, think- Okay, ladies, are you ready? Oh, sorry, sorry. Blanche, you sit down and let me pour the drinks. I don't know what we've got to mix with. Maybe a Coke's in the icebox. Look and see, honey, while I'm- No Coke, honey, not with my nerves tonight. Where, where, where is? Stanley? Bowling! He loves it. They're having a found some soda tournament. Just water, baby, to chase it. Now don't get worried. Your sister hasn't turned into a drunkard. She's just all shaken up and hot and tired and dirty. You sit down now and, and explain this place to me. What are you doing in a place like this? New Orleans isn't like other cities. New Orleans is bad, though. It is. It's bad. It, oh, my gosh. What a city. It has been oh. so terrible. Uh, ladies, I, ladies, you don't have to improvise any lines or anything. That's, oh, I'm sorry. We were just discussing sorry. New Orleans. It's true. It's a tragedy. Have you ever been? Because I sure haven't. I read a magazine article last month that was written 10 years ago about how terrible it is there, and it would looked awful. I think it stands true today. Okay, ladies. Um... You, you can hand me the sides and, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you for did, reading. Did that. we win? I'll, you, I will let you know. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. You are so kind. This is fun. Fun. Fun.